I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of butcher box, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash mega and use code mega to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Well, definitely we sound different than Gray and Hallie. Maybe this is the first time people have ever heard our real <laughs> voices. Well, I guess <laughs> there's been an ad or two along the way. Uh, people think you're really Australian because your accent is so good. If people think I'm really Australian, then we've got then we've got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Greg and Holly of Mega the Podcast, and we are off this week technically from putting out a normally scheduled episode, and so we thought it would be fun to drop in to the main feed, a mega mini, which is our Patreon podcast that we put out every Wednesday, where we just talk as ourselves. It's sort of become the podcast I, I think I've always wanted to do, but I never thought anyone would ever be Give interested in. <laughs> Wait, is this a swearing or non-swearing? Yeah, why not? Okay. Um, I was thinking we could also start with. Um, my friend Katie, she said that she, she right now is staying with her dad because he's uh, he needs some help around the house right now, and so she's working from home at her dad's house in like Orland Park, Illinois. And she said the other day he poked his head in while she was working, and he was like, "How's work?" His name's Big Lou, and he's this big, kind of old Irish Catholic guy. He's great, he, you know. Uh, just such a dad and such a like a man from the Frank Sinatra era. And um he he poked his head in and was like, How's work? And she was like, It's okay. And he's like, All right, don't wait for a fastball. You gotta swing at the curves. <laughs> Apropos of what? <laughs> and walked away and she was like, I started crying because I realized it's the best advice I've ever been given in my life. And I'm like, that's so true. I think so often I paralyze myself by um like okay it has to be the perfect idea it has to be the perfect pitch it has to come right down the middle it has to be straight down the center you know like no just start swinging at the curves just start swinging at the curves this would be this would also be great if you now ended that with saying that your friend katie is a major league baseball player and <laughs> she, <laughs> she practically she she's, plays for the cubs she's practically a chicago cub 
Um, yeah, I think that is great advice. It's great advice. Just go for it. It just, just, uh, just do it. Today, I just wrote the first newsletter for the Patreon that comes out this Sunday. Um, What's the, the premise of the newsletter? I'm going to, once a month, I'm going to send out a newsletter to our Patreon people where I, I'm not sure we need a name for it, but I, where it's going to be like Hallie, 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 where I sort of just um, process and talk about some things that I've heard Hallie say, <laughs> things that have stumbled out of my mouth when I'm speaking in the point of view of Hallie, that um, sometimes little like alerts and alarms go off in my body when I say stuff in her point of view, where I'm like, ooh, that like hurts a little bit or something like that's a when it's almost like my body reminding me like when you think like that that's been bad for us in the past <laughs> you know and I'm like oh yeah. so maybe I can um break down some of the way Hallie sees the world and talk about it through um, or just process it with my Holly brain I wouldn't say you're fully Daniel Day-Lewis into the Hallie character, but you, you do have times when you struggle afterwards where you, where you say, I can't believe I said that. It's so hard for me to stay in Hallie without feeling deep emotional pain. Sometimes it really bothers me that cert to say certain things, but um, man, I know that I know that mindset so well it's so fascinating i've been telling you for the last few days because i've been listening to this ezra klein um interview with um annie murphy paul who is a science journalist and she wrote a book i think it's called the extended mind or the extended brain or the brain extension or the mind extension <laughs> <laughs> the long head <laughs> um i was just watching coneheads <laughs> oh that's what i was doing <laughs> Such a good movie. <laughs> so much better than the sketch. Whenever they make a movie out of a sketch, it's just bound to be good. Um, Wayne's World was pretty good. You know what? Good point. Wayne's World was better than the sketch. I saw Wayne's World at the Wayne Theater on Wayne Avenue in Waynesboro, Virginia. What? <laughs> yes. You were at the nexus of the universe. Yeah. If there is, if, if there is some kind of... Um, grand simulation happening maybe that was the moment where i first realized it wow i was pretty matrixy speaking of matrixy i was thinking about that this week there was a time where i was in london and i ran into someone i knew from the states in the tube and we're like whoa hi blah blah caught up like wow it's so crazy to see you here and um got off at different stops bye later was in a completely different part of town, ran into each other again on the same day. Oh my gosh, what are the chances? Ah, hug, hug, high five, yeah, yeah, wow. Hours later, that night, I was going to a show in um, Covent Garden, what's it called, West End, in the West End, where you see uh -huh. plays in England, in London, and um, I'm like looking for my row, and I find like row H, and I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I'm trying to get to seat 12 or whatever. And I get to seat 12, and I look, and in seat 13, that guy is sitting in that seat. What? And I was like, what? And we both like, I mean, we, were, we were supposed to have sex, right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and then you got back. And someone said, and you said, oh my gosh, I ran into this guy. And they were like, but he died 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's the better story. Okay, stop, pause, back up. Let's edit this. Um, okay, back to your podcast about 
any but, but also the ma- speaking of the matrix i feel like the matrix got really lazy this week we always on here we always talk about the simulation theory that we're both sort of obsessed with that we're in a simulation blah 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 but um uh the simulation got real sometimes i feel like it's making fun of us to see if we're paying attention like this week the pope said that people who are having pets instead of children are diminishing like all of our humanity or something and i just was like this is hilarious a celibate person who has named himself after saint francis the lover of animals <laughs> lover of animal. i'm like saying don't adopt dogs have a baby i'm like what it's that thing that makes you like look forward and backwards like behind yourself to be like am i being punked right now that reminds me of the episode with manzukas where the first time we had him on and he was like oh yeah jesus banged and we were like totally struck dumb i think as ourselves and as our characters to think of jesus as a sexual entity it had never crossed my mind in my entire life i'm the same way with popes but i think with popes i'm always like uh oh yeah they 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 were not popes at some they were not even priests at some point like some of them you know were the you know sowing their wild oats probably before they decided to calm down and join the priesthood just or calm ma- down just calm it down. <laughs> maybe they actually didn't calm down and join the priesthood but um yeah okay so your your ezra klein your ezra klein shout out if ezra klein needs more listeners we're bringing it to him man he it's so good so this science journalist was talking about how we have done ourselves a massive disservice by kind of buying into the metaphor of the brain as a computer you know it takes in data you know it processes it blah 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 there's this um extension this idea of the extension where it's like well basically what the science journalist annie murphy paul was talking about or what her book is about is that like first of all the brain is not like a computer at all if for no other reason than just look at like you could put your laptop in a coffee shop you could put it in a roller rink you could put it in a closet and it's always going to process the exact same way i've had it in all those places <laughs> um i would love to go to a roller rink actually i haven't perfect time so long <laughs> there's a place where COVID isn't it's at the roller rink Baby. maybe if you maybe if you're going around fast enough it's not you know it the COVID COVID ain't gonna catch you <laughs> You can outrun it. You can outskate it. Um, baby, it's COVID don't outside. Do, don't do slow skate. You can only do fast skate. But the mind is always processing very much in context of, you know, where you are. I'm surrounded by 10 screaming children. I'm alone in a quiet office. I'm, you know, I'm in a meeting with 10 colleagues. I'm talking to my boss. I'm, it's, I'm you, crying on the toilet. <laughs> You have to give it credit for all of the things that are happening with that brain in the context of of where it is. And not only that, but she was saying that like the whole body, we've also done ourselves a massive disservice by thinking that the body and the mind are separate, which we do. We think of the mind as being more lofty and sort of like, oh, it's more spiritual and that the body is kind of like grubby and it's an animal and how actually uh, there is a deeper wisdom and an actual like um, quicker intuition with our in our body than in our conscious mind. 
fascinating. She was talking about how like they they wired people and made them play this game where they could benefit themselves or put themselves at a detriment. And they were monitoring people's skin and their nervous system against their brain like separately. And their body always picked up on like what in the game was detrimental to them way faster than the conscious mind. Which is so counterintuitive to the way you know, a lot of us were brought up of just, you know, the flesh being weak and sort of the... Oh, all of my Christian upbringing was teaching me to dissociate from my body, to not trust my feelings, to, right. you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Like your body is this sinful, um, uh, sort of like desiring, desiring animal that's going to like drag you to hell if you follow its whims. When really what she was saying is that like the more you can get in, foster that connection and nurture, like listening to the communication of your body, your body tells you more clearly and quicker. Um, it, it speaks to you with more intuition and wisdom and guidance quicker and more clearly than than your mind. Yeah. And and just fa- fascinating, fascinating. And maybe and, that is why I'm always crying on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of my best friend who has COVID right now and is super sick. Everyone has COVID. My mom has COVID. My best friend has everyone. Everyone. I was just watching Rob Hubel and Paul Shear on a Twitch like bits goof off thing. They both were like, I think I have COVID. <laughs> everyone has COVID right now. Um, and we're c- currently in lockdown trying to not get it and spread it. But um, uh, my friend who has COVID is, was totally sick, completely had to isolate and be completely alone over the holidays and was so sad. She said it one, I think it was on Christmas day. She was so sick, feeling so sorry for herself, so sad and depressed. She was like, oh, I can't even breathe. She got in the shower to take a shower to just try to like open up her lungs and open her airways and make her feel better. And so she's just standing in this hot shower, <laughs> steaming herself for a long time. And she just broke down and started sobbing. And she's standing there sobbing <laughs> oh, and sobbing and sobbing so in the sad. shower. And then she was like, wow, look at me. I'm sobbing in the shower on Christmas alone. This is a whole thing. And right then the shower curtain fell and hit her in the head. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, wait, I just, I was crying in the, sh-. so yeah. And that, I'm like, that yeah. is cosmic. I mean, that's either the simulation or that is the proof of the existence of God and that God is a, is the cosmic trickster. But here's the other thing about the extension, the mind extension idea that, um, our brain extends way out past or our mind extends way out past our brain into the room and into our body and all that stuff is that, um, um, Annie Murphy Paul was also saying that um, this is fascinating to me that it's really important and this is another reason that makes that has during the pandemic made us all feel more crazy and more depressed is that it's really super duper important to have like in-person contact with people Yeah, because when you're actually this seems so primal and interesting to me when you are standing face to face with someone and they're talking to you what you instinctively do unconsciously is whatever like tone and body shape and like posture and gestures they start doing you start doing it with them like this is what jvn jonathan always does on queer eye where when somebody is kind of talking like this of like i just feel overworked and distressed he starts to their their shoulders go up and his shoulders go up they hold their face and he holds his face and he goes oh and he starts to make (laughs) the same sound as them and make the same body shape and gestures and she was saying that we do that instinctually when we are in the presence of someone because what our body is do our body is so much smarter and quicker than the mind that the body starts mimicking what we're seeing 
and and hearing. It starts mimicking it because when we start doing that with our body, it tells us that it then it makes us feel the thing and it informs our mind the, of the feeling that that person is having by feeling it ourselves and it's the essence of true empathy but what it also is is since we can't read each other's minds this is a really like evolved and sophisticated way of creating a channel between two people where your body starts mimicking them so that you can feel exactly what they're feeling so that then you can be connected to them and like have that clear channel of connection. So you, fascinating. Played out. This is definitely another bad um, outcome of the pandemic, and probably in society where Zoom is making us. It, so it doesn't happen when when screens are involved. So what you're saying? Not as much. You don't do the, your body doesn't start mimicking them in the same way. Right. So as we all just completely move online, and yeah. we're being and then when we have to bump up, I wonder if this is the root of why everyone is so rude now in public. <gasps> I just feel like everyone is, is just more the rude. most. They're just the worst versions of themselves in public situations. Planes. Yeah. restaurants, waiting rooms, lines, everything. Everyone seems so, and, and I guess we're saying that, you know, it's it's probably all of the above, but I wonder if this is That's somewhere at the, yeah. the root. Yeah, 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 yeah. What do podcasts do to people? Make you more empathetic and empathic. It's interesting. It's really interesting. I, I, it, it, where her whole thing was going and what Ezra Klein was asking her about is that basically all our systems of productivity and education and everything are based on this metaphor of the mind as a computer. So we tell kids to sit down and be quiet so they can focus. And actually the way the mind works is that for you to actually focus and think you need to be moving. So going back to the Pope, what would he say? You know, he would say have more kids so you can then tell them to put them into a completely broken system in a world that's on fire <laughs> i we watched don't look up this week and i got so depressed everyone was like watch don't look up it's so funny yeah oh my we're gosh. not a not not a movie to watch if you're looking for a pick-me-up good a good movie i thought but everyone uh, was like it's so funny and it's like this great metaphor maybe for covid but definitely for climate change or for you know yeah the, the and um man to me it didn't feel like a cautionary tale it felt like we've already struck the iceberg and it didn't feel like it didn't feel like a heightened satire it felt like a documentary of reality in terms of the like the nature of the divisive like political stuff the sort of like reality tvifying of our like parties and our systems and i follow a, a bunch of climate scientists on twitter and it's been really interesting to watch them react to it because they they love it of course because they they feel like they're finally have been given voice to their main frustration which is this is what we've been saying all along and it's just been met with the dumbest responses <laughs> and you just can't fathom how dumb the the politicking of it all it has been or the capitalization of it i guess hyper capitalized version of you know yeah that's kind of the i mean no spoilers but one of the best parts of the movie i thought was uh how do we try to make this into a money-making opportunity the comet hitting the earth right 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 it it honestly did it felt like um to me it felt like um violins on the deck of the titanic what do you think they were playing <laughs> what would here's a better question if you're on the Titanic today, what would you request? Good question. I'm just thinking of the only. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the only violin, violin 
song that came to mind, which would be Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. What's the song that would always come on when Joe Bluth would do magic in Arrested Development? Oh, oh God. <laughs> Wait, uh, it, um, Final Countdown. <laughs> That's what Don't Look Up felt like. It felt like comedy on the deck of the Titanic. Just, well, we're all going down. (laughs) Might as well laugh on the way down. Speaking of the Titanic, let's talk about the podcast for a second. (laughs) I'm kidding. Mega? Yeah. Um, uh, I wanted to ask two questions. Um, One is, what was your favorite episode of 2021? Which, as I was looking back through the episodes, I couldn't believe that most of the episodes that I thought were in 2021 were in 2020. So that's that's how flattened this year became. Yeah, time is a flat circle. But um yeah, what was your what was your favorite episode that comes to mind? Off the top of my head, I would say probably Lisa Linky. I really That was I've 2020. Really, that was 2020? I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh yeah, cuz it was like during the civil unrest and everything and all the protests that yeah, Mar- when we were marching in the streets, Lisa Linky was the uh, was the character of the, the diversity outreach coordinator, or the di- the diversity uh, coordinator, director of diversity, who happened to be a woman named Karen and a white woman named Karen, <laughs> middle aged white woman named Karen. Oh gosh, so who was twenty twenty one? I mean, I really liked both of the Manzukis ones. I thought those were really funny. He he's so fun to play with. He just kind of like takes the ball and starts running downfield. Yeah. It's interesting because he's not someone who grew up within the tradition of any of this stuff. And so there's kind of two types of episodes on Mega. One is someone who doesn't know a lot about it and we bring them in and either help them or they just play opposite it, which is always funny (laughs) because he clearly doesn't know a lot about it. He's just a hired actor in the world of Mega and has continued to like, just gaff his way through all the beliefs that gray and hallie have yeah yeah yeah. and there's the other type of character that comes on which is someone who clearly grew up within it and knows a lot about it and the first one of those that came to mind was brian jack Um, oh i love that one that was blind virgin leper was the name of the episode and he played a roadie for the gaithers the gaither family yeah and um both his and uh and we put out Lisa Gilroy's last week uh, as as a rebroadcast. I thought we were both pretty clear of a person that like grew up within the church and knows a lot about it. I loved the Odinaka one too. Yeah, just because he was so strong. Yeah, Odinaka. He was really fun to play with. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Manzukas, to bring it back to Manzukas was the first one to ever make us even imagine like Jesus of Nazareth, the person as possibly being a sexual right. person and us being like, no, he wasn't. And he was like, of course he was. And we were like, no, he wasn't. And then being like, wait, there's nowhere in the Bible that says right. he didn't, you know, bang it, it out. And, bang it out. And, and, but, but remember, I wonder, did you have this, like when you were in youth group where, when we would be having all those talks in youth group of how you shouldn't touch yourself, the like anti-masturbation things of like, it it hurts your relationship with God or it fosters your lust or like creates a stronghold for the devil or whatever the thing was again, like trying to get teenagers not to, to masturbate. <laughs> that seems like is, the hardest thing. I mean, it, 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 it just seems like the, no pun intended, the hardest thing to do uh, if you're a youth leader to 
keep i mean that that one just seems like a losing strategy also yeah first of all yeah what are we talking about <laughs> like why, why don't we pick thing... the most impossible thing be like okay we could ask him to stop breathing or <laughs> probably easier um yeah everyone would be like ah, i'll see how long i can hold my breath for <laughs> everybody just starts passing out but um also, is that even appropriate for them to be talking to us about? But I remember having these long youth group talks in small circles or whatever, where we would break into groups and we would all bring it up of like, did Jesus beat off, you know, and them being like, well, we don't know anything between the time when he <laughs> was in the temple when he was 12 and when he began his ministry at the so age we're of 30 no. or whatever. <laughs> I remember I was always told, like, we would always bring that up, like, did Jesus masturbate or whatever? And our youth, our leaders were always like, absolutely not, because he was sinless. And the Bible does say that he was sinless, which and doesn't is, all of, uh, all which of is that assuming comes from, that masturbation, that uh, somebody's uh, going to check me on this, but I'm pretty sure the sin. whole obsession with um, masturbation came from St. Augustine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who yeah. was a chronic yeah, masturbator. Yeah. Right? He had a hard time with it. Also, no pun intended. And, well, for for some people, <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, was was Jesus? I mean, who 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 knows? <laughs> <laughs> who who knows? knows? What a perfect what a perfect um, uh, march through a mega mini. I feel like we got into simulation theory. Another podcast that we've been listening to. <laughs> this the, is the what we do every time. And then ended with uh, the the sexual proclivities of Jesus. <laughs> so the, these are the highlights and lowlights that you will experience if you start listening to the Mega Minis. And the um, other, what, the other thing I wanted to ask, or did you have something? To ask? Well, I wanted to along those lines. I had a. This might sound like a very high thought, but this week I had. The thought, I've been having a lot of trouble sleeping lately and I think I was lying awake and I was thinking about how so much of my development coming up in evangelical fundamentalism was a, so much of my, that grooming and that, that belief system, that structure, everything was about not doing things. Speaking of masturbation. It was about not smoking, not drinking alcohol, not being a bad witness, not touching yourself, not having sex with your boyfriend, not, you know, right. using bad language, not, <clears throat> it was so much about not doing things. And I was lying in bed and I was like, man, I wonder if that is part of a, like that has become such a part of my DNA that that is part of the sort of hill I'm climbing in terms of productivity and creativity is that I'm actually like wired and groomed to not do things. Interesting. But, uh, but also then with like improv, for example, that's the big lesson you've probably learned is to just do things. I know it's a strange sort of tight rope maybe, but I'm like, man, if you think about it, I've been listening to this. Um, I've been listening to this book by a dominatrix about like, a, a, it's called, um, it's called Unbound, A Guide to Women's Power. And it's fascinating, again, about like communicating with our bodies, how our bodies are more intuitive and quicker. And the body wisdom is like 
all that stuff. It corroborate. It she corroborates with the the dominatrix corroborates. <laughs> she corroborates with the, the murder with the science journalist. Um, but uh, very much about um. Well, what it made me think of was like she was talking about different kink and like about how you're allowed to ask for anything you want, like sexually, but also like in life, like asking for what you want, communicating clearly, all of those things. And I was like, man, based on how repressed and oppressed, compressed <laughs> I was growing up sexually, I'm like, man, my kink would be like not doing something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, let's see how much, like I throw any temptation at me and I would get off on like not doing it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like this, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty funny. But I, but it makes me, and again, it goes, it goes back to this, um, mind extension thing of creating it it was fascinating to me to be like oh actually you need to be moving around to think right to to create and oh both i've been reading the jeff tweedy book how to write one song and watching the beatles get back (laughs) eight hour movie this week both are things about like creativity watching the beatles create songs right there before your very eyes has been blowing my mind and coupling that with reading this Tweety book, because Jeff Tweety talks about like productivity and creation, creating something is an act of defiance against a world that's trying to destroy itself. Creation is the opposite of destruction. Right. Everything around us is like seeking like decay and destruction. Yep. <laughs> Most specifically right now, our republic and <laughs> democracy itself. Oh, I you were, um, gonna crumbling say my, before our very ends. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say my personality. oh i want to hold put a pin in that but um tweety is talking about how like when we create it is an act of defiance against the natural state of things slowly being destroyed yeah Um, it's the dark one (laughs) it's been so inspiring but we've been watching this beatles get back thing on disney where they just were recording them creating an album I'm stressed out beyond belief watching it because I'm like, first of all, why is Yoko sitting there while they're in the middle of a writing session? It feels like, honestly, <laughs> at times it just feels like every sketch show or improv group you were ever a part ever of. Ever a part of. Where there's just moments. It's like you have to like, put up with each best. other's and, weird things. And then you have to, and then most of the yeah. time you're dicking around. Yes. And it, then other <laughs> half the time you're passive aggressively fighting about something. You describe the Beatles' whole creative process as either fucking around or fighting. Yeah. <laughs> But George walks out. It's very stressful. George walks out. They're trying to plan a live show. They don't know what the show is going to be. But in the midst of all of it, they're trying to create a new album and create brand new original songs. And there are moments, a few times, where you watch, it really sticks out to me that Paul was doing it, where you'll just see Paul start like noodling, like playing around with it, like, the fountains on Arizona. Wait, no, no. Uh, like changing, like just speaking gibberish to like f- f- move the accent of the like how the tempo is scanning around. It's been fascinating and very stressful. The Beatles thing is stressing me out, and we're only halfway through the eight hours. But maybe it's just the length of it that's stressing you out. But one thing I feel like I've learned in the last few days, and this is something we've talked about before on here on the minis about. How, like, you started um, 
drinking water out of smaller glasses because it gave you a sense of accomplishment. <laughs> That's how. I read something about that. That's how our pandemic, uh-huh. that, there's a coping. There's a, <laughs> it's like, today I drank four glasses of water and they're all out of teacups. Um, I was thinking about that today in terms of the creative process because I've noticed that if I do tinier little chunks, I'm way more apt to do it. Like right. drinking out of smaller glass gives you a, like I did something. Um, I was reading something about that with the new year and um, New Year's resolutions and how it's kind of BS to do that because you're setting yourself up to fail because your brain is familiar with previous patterns. And if you try to pull your brain too far in a brand new direction, like drastically, it actually doesn't feel safe. It starts to resist it. You won't do it. And whatever i can't remember what i was reading about this but like hey instead of being like i'm gonna read this huge book be like i'm gonna read a a chapter of this book every week or i'm gonna meditate for one minute right um once a week and to just do it smaller and that's the tweety book i'm reading right now is how to write one song and that's his whole thing is like if you think about like i want to become a songwriter you'll be like you know you'll be crushed under the weight of whatever that expectation is in your mind but if you're like what if i were to sit down and write one song like i could write one song i could just sit here and write a song and that every single songwriter that's all they ever do is they're just writing one song right and it i feel like that has sort of opened something up for me like when we had our mega meeting with our producer this week and they and we all decided that i would start writing <laughs> for um, a newsletter a newsletter once a month for um patreon like i i sat down and just did it because it was one letter it wasn't a new essay a chapter of a book <laughs> right i think the newsletter is going to be a really fun little addition to the world of mega it um surprisingly ended in a poem <laughs> when i wrote my first draft today um, we have a lot of things that I'm excited about this year with Mega. I mean, who knows who knows how long Mega will will continue, but um I think the things that I'm really looking forward to are the Discord and Zoom. Zoom, God. I've really lost it. And Twitch? Twitch. You know, fancy Zoom. <laughs> uh, it's just Twitch. Yeah, it's the same because thing. I think something that is going to make Mega keep its life is just interaction with people who are listening. And, um, you know, we get some of that through emails and comments and tweets and stuff. But the really cool thing about, about, about Discord and Twitch is that it kind of happens in real time. And I think we get to kind of show off our, um, how well we know the characters or not in those moments. And it's not just this kind of polished finished product. And I think that just hearing what people want to ask us and ask the characters is really, is really fun. And, um, yeah, I think that's going to be a fun new wrinkle to the, the mega output this year. I think I've turned a corner where I used to like to just put episodes out and be like, I think this is funny and I hope it makes people happy. I've kind of turned a corner on that where now I am actually kind of looking for the connection of it. Like, how how is this hitting you? What is your response? What are you feeling? 
I noticed, I'm a little embarrassed to say that on Discord this past week, I was sort of fishing for feedback on the day Boxing Day episode. Yeah. Because I feel like I, I get a like weird vulnerability hangover after doing those because I feel like I'm sort of exposing a lot of my... What I, I don't know. It makes me feel... Anyway, I, I, I went on Discord and I was like, hey, does anybody have any like thoughts or feelings or responses or were you offended by this? I'm just like, because sometimes it feels like with podcasting, you're putting something out there and it just goes into the ether and you don't, right. there's no, I'm like, man, I spend so much t- thought and time and intentionality and crafting these and everything and then it just kind of, and then it gets released and then I move to the next one. And yeah. I think I'm turning a corner and actually genuinely wanting it to be about connecting and a a conversation instead of a monologue. Ooh, that's a perfect time to do a shameless plug <laughs> of of this whole thing, which is I think you're right. I think um Mega's becoming wait, maybe we're starting a church. Are we starting a church? <laughs> um I no, think this is a really <laughs> God, I think no. this is a really good time to say um you know, Mega is a labor of love. It pays a couple of our bills, but you know, doesn't doesn't pay many. And um, I think this year, what we're hoping is to is to really make it into something that includes more people in the conversation. And there's a couple ways that you could do that. Um, one is just help us get more people in the doors of Twin Hills, as it were. Mm-hmm. And you can do that just by rating and reviewing it. And uh, on whatever you listen on and sending it to someone. I think people find out more about Mega through word of mouth, just like the gospel, um, uh, you know, share the good news of Mega. And if you just send it to a few people, maybe we'll earn a few listeners. Um, But then like for what you're saying, anybody can join the Discord. Uh, There are special channels for Patreon people, but also just general chat channels. And we'd love to interact with you there and there's some just real sweet people in there really funny people in there and we've had uh some fascinating conversations um so we can do bits Discord. if you just want to do bits or we can there's a whole mental health category if we want to talk about mental health that's right or mental illness and um and very last you know the patreon is the is the lifeblood of the podcast and you know, you get stuff for joining the Patreon, Holly's upcoming newsletter, this mega <laughs> mini every single week, ad-free mega episodes, discounts, all sorts of great stuff. But, you know, people have told me they just throw us five bucks a month because they know that, you know, that's a dollar twenty-five per episode of mega. And um, even less if you count the minis. That's right. That's right. So you know, if you if you think Mega is worth a dollar twenty five every time you uh, get some laughs in your RSS feed, I think um, I think we'd really appreciate it. And I and uh, you know, you get what you pay for. Um, that sounded like a threat. <laughs> we're not going to make this thing funny. <laughs> if you don't sign up, we're going to start making it's really crappy episodes. Dramatic, dramatic podcast. So that's my pitch here at the very end. To really shill for the pod, um, yeah, join us on Patreon and all that other stuff. And Twitch, we'll we'll be announcing some new uh, Twitch shows very soon. And in the I'm tradition, so excited about what's coming up on Twitch. Me too. Follow us there on Twitch too at Mega the Podcast and patreoncom slash Podcast. Go get all these goodies. Um, in the tradition of the Mega Mini, we always end in a poem. 
Holly, do you have a poem? Yeah, this is called Green Canoe. I think it it puts a nice button on everything. A nice button. Button? Button. Button on things we've been talking about today. And the Jeff Tweedy book I'm reading, he keeps talking about how when you're creating something, you sort of disappear. And this is a poem where it's sort of giving, giving an example of like when you can really disappear. Green Canoe by Jeffrey Harrison. I don't often get the chance any longer to go out alone in the green canoe and lying in the bottom of the boat just drift where the breeze takes me, down to the other end of the lake or into some cove without my knowing because I can't see anything over the gunwales but sky as I lie there, feeling the ribs of the boat as my own, this floating pod with a body inside it, also a mind that drifts among clouds and the sounds that carry over the water. A flutter of bird song, a screen door slamming shut, as well as the usual stuff that clutters it, but slowed down, opened up, like the fluff of milkweed tugged from its husk and floating over the lake, to be mistaken for mayflies at dusk by feeding trout, or be carried away to a place where the seeds might sprout. Everybody's wondering what and why they all come from. Everybody's worried about where they're gonna go. The whole thing's done. But no one knows for certain, so it's all the same to me. I think I'll just let the mystery be Some say once you're gone, you're gone forever Some say you're gonna come back Some say you rest in the arms of the Savior If in sinful ways you lack Some say the coming back in the garden Bunch of carrots, a little sweet I think I'll just let the mystery be
everybody's worried about where they're gonna go when the whole thing's done. But no one knows for certain, so it's all the same to me. I think I'll just let the mystery be. 